Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Dear Adam Silver, a show dedicated to creating and discussing alternative perspectives on sports from the viewpoint of an artist. I am your host, Abigail Smithson, and my returning guest today is my dear friend, Glauco Adorno. Glauco has been on the podcast before, and longtime listeners will remember that we collaborated in Lithuania on a body of artwork made about women's basketball pioneer, Senda Berenson. We met while we were both in graduate school at Louisiana State University when I was studying fine art and Glauco was studying art history. He is now a curator based in Rio de Janeiro. He is back on the pod today to read some of the letters that we wrote to Berenson while we were in Lithuania, a part of this work which we have not shared before. So thank you so much to Glauco for coming on and being so willing to discuss this ongoing work. And thank you to you all for listening. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review Dear Adam Silver wherever you get your podcasts. Your support is always appreciated. I was just reflecting on the fact that we had written all these letters to Senda Berenson when we were in Lithuania. And I just wanted to sort of revisit the letters that we had written and look at what we wrote. And because I think at the time when we were writing them, I was feeling like I didn't know what role they were going to play in actual work. And I mean, I think that I still am not sure about these letters. I, I think it was an important exercise, but I don't know what where they fit into this like larger body of work that we've made. Yeah. And so I think I just want to spend more time with them because of that. And yeah, so that's kind of where I was where I was coming from. And I thought maybe we could talk a little bit. You could give us kind of a dispatch from Rio about what's going on and and the mishandling of the pandemic in Brazil and like what's just, you know, an update. And then we could just talk a little bit about the process of writing the letters and mailing the letters because that was its own <laughs> saga. And then we'll read the letters. Okay. Um, that sounds good. So um, how, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I can start talking a little bit about Rio and yeah. where I am right now. Uh, it's been, uh, it's now April 2021, and it's been a year and a bit that we've been in this pandemic, and um, Brazil has been a bit of, in a bit of a roller coaster ride recently. Um, I feel like the, the, the general feeling I have on the ground right now is of frustration and uh, hopelessness, to be honest. Um, I think the Brazilian handling of the pandemic was very poor and um, we've had scandal after scandal um, with the opportunity of of, of, of buying vaccines that was um, left to the side and uh, active promotion of, of drugs that don't work um, as far as we know and uh, open opposition to um, social distancing and mask mandates, um, open opposition to lockdown and any other kind of curfew or anything like that. And so we were kind of following, last year we were kind of following the wave of, of populous countries, of big countries like the US and, and, and countries in Europe, uh, a bit like, I wanna say a month before, a month behind. So, you know, when cases were going up in say the UK or Europe, uh, mainland Europe, the US, um, we knew that things are, you know, we're going to follow here um, eventually. And then when cases started going down in September because of lockdown, 
um, people here really thought that this, that this was it and it was over and it was a matter of time until we all forgot about it. And I feel like myself included, I, I honestly thought 2021 would be like the return to normal. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not how the pandemic works. And um, especially after Christmas, where it was a time where a lot there was lots of traveling and also New Year's Eve, which is, has always been a really big deal here because it's summer and it's hot and everybody likes to go to the beach and party. Um, the situation got really, really worse. And uh, combined with incompetence in government, um, we are now in a situation where, which is way, way, way worse than um, where we were in in, in 2020 and our vaccination program is very slow. It's efficient, it's working, we're gonna get there, but it's way slower than it could have been. And um, it's at this point quite disheartening because um, lockdown measures are a political no-go. Um, the the health, healthcare system is really not, um, is very fragile. It, it's, it, it got to a, a breaking point uh, a couple of weeks ago and then they have to, here in Rio and in Sao Paulo, they had to actually move bank holidays around. So um, days off that people would get were sort of moved into this big super, super holiday week and all of it. So we don't call it lockdown because that's a political no-go. Um, even though it's clear that we need it and and so or that it's that it works and so here we are um, I think the most harrowing sort of bit of numbers of, of data that I have is that from January to now in 2021 from January to April now uh, more people have died in Brazil than in the whole of 2020 and so the situation is, way worse like way way worse but people are fed up with uh you know the measures and stuff and 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 i feel like people just normalize the idea that you won't be punished for for breaking covid rules and 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 people you know i don't know what people are thinking <laughs> uh i'm here in my apartment and i'm sort of terrified and i you know, I go out sometimes to go for a walk or I go out to go to the supermarket and I see other people. And of course, I, I look at people and I think, Jesus, like, what are they thinking and stuff? But that's a very sort of easy, easy way to, you know, sort of put, you know, project my own fears. And I don't know what people are thinking. I didn't do a, a survey and stuff, but my impression sometimes when I look at the beach and I see that it's full of people and I, see like people going into like illegal parties and stuff my impression is that um people don't care as much as they used to and and uh, the death toll is rising so um it's a really it's a really sort of like frustrating hopeless kind of situation in which it's really clear that we need to you know we, we need a different approach and and, and, and it seems like politics kind of bars everything because the most important thing for our current president at the moment is to get reelected and he knows how to pander for his base and he knows um, how to pander for people who are uh, against lockdown and, and all other kinds of measures. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, been, it's been quite emotionally draining to live in a country that that basically offers you no hope um, of change, and uh, eventually we're going to get out of it. Uh, hopefully, you know, most of us will survive, but a lot of people will still die. And right now, like as in as in like this week or last week, cases have stabilized stabilized a little bit. So you know, it, it stopped the. The super feriado, as they call it, which is like this big holiday, um, you know, stop the numbers from going up for a bit. But, you know, as soon as things return to normal, you know, 
the the numbers are going to go up again. And so it's it's this sort of there is no there is nowhere to run. You know, <laughs> like if we live if we keep living the way we're living and if we keep having inefficient social distancing and inefficient mask usage, then the numbers are going to go up. And we don't have we don't have the vaccines to kind of solve the problem that way because oh, again of arguably incompetence from the government and um, we have the infrastructure we have we have the infrastructure we have everything we need we just don't have the actual doses and um, yeah so it's a bit of a grim picture unfortunately I mean I have hope I hopefully most people, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you can't really think about who's going to die and who's going to survive. But I hope that um, this ends soon and we, we, we take a turn for the best. Uh, we're lucky and we get out of this somehow. But at the moment, it's been really difficult to kind of believe in it. Um, especially because, yeah, as I said, we've we sort of normalized it you know like the numbers are hiring and, and and incredibly horrifying um but 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 it's kind of normal you know like we got to i'm not really sure i i try not to keep too much with like the the count but uh we got really close to four thousand deaths recently and and we kind of sort of stalled over there and four thousand deaths a day that's what i mean Mm -hmm. um and and i mean it, it, it's 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 really bad i mean it's a lot of people yeah um, and so uh you know it's it's even hard to kind of um it's even hard to understand that you know like understand the the magnitude of the problem i feel like we as humans have a very limited capacity for abstracting in that way of, of thinking really like of the impact of some of some four thousand people dying every day for a month um and and you know we kind of get used to it which is which is probably one of the most scary things about it you know we just we just take it for a course and because we you know in my case i don't you know i didn't you know i was lucky that i i didn't lose uh close people who were close to me for the disease i did lose uh an aunt recently for, for something else um but it's been um yeah it's 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 been a bit of a trip like to to have to stay at home and to um buy yeah not have this i i yeah it's been a bit difficult to kind of just wrap my head around it yes yeah so hard about your aunt yeah um she uh, it was if it has been a bit of a, a, a sort of a shock thing as well she she had a heart attack yeah. um and covid made it all really much more difficult because my mom my mom has has one dose of the vaccine um well she she, she got it after my mom died actually so um she she couldn't go to the funeral and that was really hard for my mom because um she she you know she wanted to kind of be there and uh luckily uh, a cousin of mine uh sort of like made an instagram live sort of thing and she got to see um, the, the the ceremony but but you know COVID, COVID, the pandemic is kind of messes you up in in these kinds of ways too like the the idea of just not being able to be present and the idea that like everything becomes a health risk and and you know things that you you wouldn't really think about that much like you know something happened to my family i'm gonna go see my family that then it itself becomes a risk and uh, it's this is one of the, the hardest parts i think of it just not being able to be present when you're sort of needed um but but yeah like this is just one story right like there's so many other people who have gone through similar things and, um, yeah it's not it's not just uh it's not just my family 
So yeah, yeah. no, I um, I really appreciate you sort of telling us what's going on and also just being honest about your own feelings of sort of weariness and hopelessness around the lack of effective governing around making things better. Um, yeah. And I understand your cynicism there uh, because you're, you're seeing um, like public servants not serve the public in the best way possible um, and, and trying, you know, with like you're saying this reelection on the horizon. I actually remember like the day after Bolsonaro uh, was elected in 2018 or won, or won his primary or whatever it was like he he got enough to get to like the next round and you were like this guy's gonna be the next president of Brazil this is a huge problem this is like you know November 7th or 8th or whenever 2016 all over again like I'm feeling this all over again but this time about Brazil and um, so the fact that like we're just coming up on a, an election cycle for him and that he is using the, uh, I mean, there's some similarities, I think, to what we were dealing with uh, here and are still, you know, when you're talking about uh, opposition to lockdowns and uh, mask wearing and even now the vaccine that it seems like there's, we have, we have too much vaccine because so many people are, we've kind of reached a point where people are, are, they're kind of like dug in about not wanting to get it. Um, it's just really important. And I think, you know, the vaccine started here very slow and, yeah. um, but I think it's really important to keep in mind, like how yeah. this, like exactly what you're saying that this is like, this is the, the worst time of the pandemic is, you know, a year after we were told to like flatten the curve, uh, by staying home, um, is that, so it's just so important to keep in mind what other, other, like for me, what other countries besides the United States are experiencing. Um, and that this is not, uh, it's not, it's still very much with us. So I, I, yeah. And I, I just, I understand what you're saying about like, we'll come out of this, I'll get vaccinated, we'll be on the other side. And I also understand this, this idea of like, but it could have, it could be so much better and we could have lost so many fewer people (laughs) had it been handled in a way that wasn't about politics and wasn't about a specific, like the narrative being that, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, that it's just harmed a lot of a lot of lives. So, yeah, I um, so let's let's travel back in yeah. our heads to a different time, yeah. <laughs> a pre-pandemic era in our in our relationship when we had the chance to spend five weeks in Lithuania together. It seems so <laughs> impossible now. How did we get on that plane? How did we go through that that international airport? What a world we used to live in. Um, I know. And I felt like it we <laughs> did a lot there, but also left a lot to do there. And so I'm anxious to, exactly. to go back uh, when when that's possible, it feels like an important, an important place for us to, to return to. But while we were there, we were researching and making work about Senda Berenson, a women's basketball pioneer who was born in Butramonis, Lithuania. And some of our work was just learning, just researching about her and learning about her and longtime listeners of the pod. This will all sound familiar to you. And we just spent a lot of time, like, figuring out how her story existed in this village she had been born in so many years before because basketball is such a big deal in Lithuania, but often the attention is focused on men's basketball. So, anyways, one of the things that we did while we were there um, was we decided to write letters to Senda as a way of connecting with her. I think 
this came, I was trying to think this morning before we recorded, why did we decide to do this? I mean, she's, she has been dead since I think 1955 or something. I, I felt that I was feeling like we're making work about someone who can't speak for themselves. You know, they don't, they don't have a way to right. respond to what we're doing. So the most we can do is just share maybe about ourselves with them and also just like stay in touch with them, <laughs> let them know what we're doing, you know, in a personal way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. I think, I think um, it's, it's important to, for me, it, I think one of the, what, one of the reasons why we wrote to her in this way was because we were trying to think a little bit about the idea of who gets to be a hero and who gets to be uh, a, a, an important historical figure. I feel like we both uh, had this feeling that her story was was amazing and it's so interesting and 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 how is it possible that we don't know um, about her uh, and while well, most a lot of people don't know about her and uh, for me I, I think a big part of it was the idea of of, of thinking about um, heroes like historical heroes and who, who who you get to look up to and I think one phrase that we talk about a lot when we were there was, was the idea of uh, looking up sorry it was looking to women for answers and 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 I think that that, that that says a lot because I, you know, as a man uh, growing up as a kid, uh, I never had idols that were female. And, and, and the idea that we had, I think, was kind of a way to kind of maybe write this wrong uh, by intentionally treating Senda as a, 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 an idol. Right, like and, and sending and her of, fan mail. <laughs> exactly, it's fan mail. Exactly, and, and <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and I and I feel like I feel like I I it, it was a very it was a very sort of intimate process for me because I had to shed a lot of of of, of misconceptions that I have about myself and about celebrities, and it it's, it is a vulnerable moment to like put yourself down in in this kind of work. Uh, but also, I feel like one of the biggest things for me was the idea of how we as a society construct this narrative about everybody, um, in, you know, famous people or historical heroes. I, was, I think a lot about uh, Winston Churchill and, and, and how um, his image has been carefully sort of curated over time and... Um, Towards the end of his life, for example, people were really sort of bank. He he really sort of banked on this, um, and this image that he had. And and I feel like you know it, it is okay to admit to ourselves and to others that this is this is a narrative that people construct. And so why not construct narratives for uh, other kinds of people? And and so um, that's how I feel about this these letters. I feel like it's just the, the idea that we are being having sort of the, the 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 freedom to choose who we want to look up to and who who we want to pose our questions even though uh, we might not get any answers yeah i think that that is a really lovely way of thinking about it and also just a formula that i hope that we can apply to other figures that yeah. we also feel like are not sort of celebrated in the way that they could be. And if that celebration is up to us, then like, that's fine. And, and maybe other people around the world are celebrating them and we don't know, but I just yeah. like this idea of um, just like kind of going through uh, learning in that process of like, what, how do we not know more about this particular person? And we even saw at the basketball museum in Lithuania that yeah. James Naismith is celebrated much more uh, as a founder of, of basketball uh, than Senna Berenson is um, based on the placement of their images in the museum, yeah. one being what you see when you walk through the door, uh, you're seeing this huge print of James Naismith, the other being a print where you have to say, do you have any photos of Senna Berenson? And then 
make sure not to knock over any trophies while like (laughs) getting closer to it. And so I think um, just, yeah, those narratives uh, that sort of keep us focused on like one person, one story, this is how this came about and this is how this happened and not thinking about it in like a larger picture that could include other people that also made contributions that are left out. And uh, I felt like that it was, it felt very, you know, important to be focused on Senda, but it's definitely something that I'm thinking about with other figures as well now because of this. Um, Also, that museum is great, like in such a educational and archival and just important way. I'm not trying to to disparage that basketball museum um, in, do you remember the town, the village? Uh, it's it was called Unishkis. Yes, yeah, Unishkis. I, <laughs> I I absolutely recommend it. It's just I think that you know, it it's just we you learn in many different ways from those spaces and like what sort of happens there. Like you know, three hours from Unishkis is Butrimonis, where where Senator Berenson is from. Um. So, uh, we wrote her these letters. We made cyanotypes out of them. We put them in em- envelopes. We went to the post office in Conus uh, to mail these letters, you know, communicated with the postal workers there as best we could to to uh, get the right stamps put on these letters. Um, and we sent them to Smith College, which is where we were going to be once we got back to the States and where Senda Berenson had worked. So we we're kind of like sending them to another place that she had been, where she she kind of like, her legacy lived on. So we're at the post office. We send the letters, you know, just let's see what happens. And we yeah. get to Smith and all the letters had arrived uh, fairly recently. They just arrived. And so we got to see, open them and see them there with the beautiful postage and the stamps and uh, all of that. And I just thought it would be nice since they just didn't play that big of a role in our work while we were there. No one really saw them. We didn't really share that we might be able to share them now and I know you've picked out a couple of the ones that you wrote to Senda and yes. I have too. I actually have some physical physical Lovely. letters in my hand because they came home with me. Um we also used your handwriting, thank God, because <laughs> who the fuck would be able to read my handwriting <laughs> as a cyanotype? So this is great. Um so yeah I just thought it'd be nice to to share them. And I think that, yeah. you know, for me also writing letters is like very, it's intimate. And I think it's only become more intimate since they've become less of a way to communicate regularly with people. So there's something about just saying, sending letters. I mean, everyone knows that I love mail. I love getting it. I love sending it. Just like yeah. that sending letters feels so uh, personal. And so that we were kind of offering to be like we were saying to Senda that we wanted to have like a personal connection to her and what she'd done. And we did that by writing these letters. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the work that we've done, um, the idea of mimicking this journey that he, she had from Butrimonis in Lithuania to Smith college in the U S by kind of, well, we, we're, we did this journey as well um, via air because we did this the, the residency first and then we went to the U.S. Um, we did not take a boat. <laughs> well, sorry? We didn't travel to the U.S. through the way that Senda did. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the mailing the letters from her sort of old address to her new address kind of, uh, I feel like, has had, had, had an importance um to to kind of establish this connection uh, between the two places and uh one thing i just wanted to say a little bit that had to do with what i was saying before is that in this in this in these letters it's really about um sort of asking questions and 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 looking for guidance um in historical figures and um some of them are 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 sort of 
informal and, and, and even funny. Um, but I, I think it, I think it for me, it, it, it's, it's a lot about listening to the right people and, 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 and maybe being creative about who you listen to. Um, and I, I can make a very direct comparison, um, to the situation in Brazil that I was talking about earlier, um, as far as as far as leadership and, and heroes and who you look up to and who you want to be, uh, who you want to kind of inspire you to do things, and uh, uh, clearly, you know, at least from my perspective, the the heroes and the the people who you look up to in here are not doing their job properly or are not the best people for everybody. And so the idea of, 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 of having more freedom to choose, <laughs> choose who you want to idolize or choose, choose who you, who you want to put in a pedestal, um, is, is, is quite soothing. You know, just, to, just the idea of, 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 of rethinking who's important in history, um, and sort of, yeah, sending her fan mail. Yeah, so let's read some of her fan mail. <laughs> our sure, weird let's... conceptual fan mail. <laughs> um, so I might, I was thinking I could go first with mm -hmm. with one of my letters that sort of explains to her what we're doing. Okay. And then if you want to jump in with one of yours. Yeah, do you want to talk about them after? Do you want to talk about each letter or do you want to just read them? and like sort of leave it in the air for... I think we can just read them and then talk about all of them together after. Right, okay, so let's read all of them and then we talk about all of them, okay. Okay. Dear Senda, the sun is just an orange ball and clouds are bouncing in the sky. Glauco and I look at each other standing in the town square, the same square you lived across the street from. We're hoping that the clouds move past quickly, that the harsh light comes through, creating the starkest shadows. We are attempting to make art out of sunlight and a basketball, a basketball that is of Butramonis. We are making art in the square in Butramonis, across from where you lived. We are collecting shadows. We are counting on the fact that the sun we are standing under is the same sun you stood under. We are counting on this one thing to be the same. The burning question, burning like a basketball floating through the sky. Do you think we're weird? Sincerely, Abigail. So, <laughs> do you Should think I we're weird, Senda? Yes, go yes. ahead. Uh, dear Senda, when you left for America, your father wanted you to be American. So he erased your name and gave you a new one. When I left for America, I chose to keep my name, but I had to spell it every time. At the coffee place, I got used to handing my credit card to the cashier and saying, Glauco, like the card. They would always put gloves on. Some would treat my name like a misshapen fruit. Some would treat my name like a glass figurine. How do you? Such a lovely. When you moved to Boston, did people touch your name with their bare hands? Best wishes, Glauco. Pulling up my other letter. Dear Senda, your existence is in the trees, in the buildings, in the hoops, in the sound of a whistle, and the squeak of a sneaker. Basketball matters here. Do you know this? Is it old news? Is it new news? Always another book, another statement, another moment, another mark, another piece left for us to decipher, unpack, map upon map. Wherever women's basketball exists, you exist too. We are imploring you to implore us. For every answer we find, please continue to provide another question. Sincerely, Abigail. Dear Senda, my mother dreamed of being a doctor. She was born in the countryside and when she was a child, she used to look at farm tools and try to fathom their existence in space and time, wondering who designed them and how they got to her. She thought her feet were ugly and big 
and was happy when the family decided to move from their village to Sao Paulo because she imagined that in the city, she could have surgery to fix her teeth. My grandfather did not support her idea of going to university, but if you want to be a doctor, you need to go. She saves money and pays for college herself, but struggling to be a doctor was too expensive. So she studied to, to be a psychologist instead. She had some obstacles on the way, including children, husbands, and fathers. Some people thought she was doing was silly. Most people didn't say anything. Then once a male supervisor from university told her to dress up better and fix her hair if she wanted to graduate and become a professional. She's black, you see. The hair thing is a trick supervisors use. She dropped out because I was a baby and she needed to look after me after work. Best wishes, Claude. So let's talk about these letters. Let's do it. Because uh, they all do different things. Yeah, um, I. It, it's really interesting because I feel like we were so caught up in the moment of the work. Um, and of course we read each other's letters. I wrote the letters you, you wrote, but I, we never, I, I think we never, it's interesting to look at them and read them again like this uh, and compare them, you know, in a way. Um, it's really, uh, they're really, they're quite different, aren't they? <laughs> they're really different. And I felt, I feel listening to these, and I think I felt this before we were in a rush to write the letters because we wanted them to arrive at Smith by the time we got there. So once we decided to do it and that that was our plan, we did have to send them out by a certain time. But I, I also just want to sort of honor the vulnerability that you're putting forward with just all this biographical, autobiographical information that you're including in the letters and about sort of things that you feel Senda might understand. Um, and not that Senda shares everything in common with you, but that, um, especially in that first letter, just this idea of like being an outsider. You're just finding, you're sharing with her and finding these connections uh, to, to share with her, like, uh, and... Yeah, that that those are just that's important. Yeah, I I I I really I really sort of found in this idea of looking into my own biography a way to respond to the to the work of of, of writing Senda. I feel like for some reason I I felt like I needed to tell her about me. <laughs> um and 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 I feel like it, it goes hand in hand with this idea of of, of just making work in general, right? Um, I I I how can I put this? Like I don't really I never really thought of myself as an artist, and I you know I I, I catch myself making work once in a while, um, but that that making art is not something that I went to school for, and and you know I studied. The history of art. Uh, uh, I consider myself, you know, I, I, I introduce myself as a, as, a, as a writer, as a curator, rather than a, like a visual artist. And so for me, the art making part was, was surprisingly vulnerable. And, and, and um, I feel like I kind of leaned onto that uh, when I was writing the letters and, and sort of talking about myself really made me feel like uh, th that was the best thing I could contribute to to the project um and i think it goes also with this this idea of of thinking of of, of, of thinking about senda as 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 a figure that can guide you and of course it's 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 something that we're making up in a way right like we we it put it's something that we're we're creating here, like we're creating this this figure, right? But but I don't think that's that's necessarily bad because that's how every figure is that happens with every historical figure. And so uh, by 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 having this freedom to kind of create Senda 
from scratch, so to say. Like, you know, we were there, we were looking at biographical information. We looked at how she, um, we looked at who she, 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 who she was and, and, and what kind of person she was. And, you know, especially when we were in Smith, there was a lot of, of, of information about her personality and the way that she dealt socially with, with people and, and, and all of that. And I feel like putting everything together and creating a narrative of our own um, is it, a very powerful thing, a very powerful way to, to, to deal with the past. And, and, and so I'm very interested in that. Um, and, and, and I feel like this, this, this work kind of does that because I was sort of imagining, you know, I'm not sure if that's, that's a good thing or not, but like I was imagining the Senna that I wanted to imagine. Like I was imagining a Senna who was willing to listen to that, you know, and, 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 and historically she probably would, I, I don't know. Uh, but, but at the moment I, I just chose to write that to someone who wanted to read that letter, you know, and, and, and I think that that sure. was kind of one of, a key sort of a key moment for me when I was, when I was making this work. Well, and it's so interesting because like really as far as like biographical information goes, like mine is much closer to send us like, mm -hmm. you know, from, from my family's history of being from not too far from the village she was from and being Jewish. And, um, I just think that it, that your impulse to share about yourself, I mean, I think it's kind of natural because I mean, well, or it's natural that you did that rather than me. Cause in some ways it's like, Oh, Senda already knows about what, you know, my great grandparents might've experienced or all this stuff, but, but that you were kind of maybe sharing information with her that she didn't know before. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like the, the idea of finding commonalities and the idea of like uh, uh, sort of tracing, tracing similarities between you and someone you admire is, 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 it's a common thing. And the idea with the name uh, for me was a very powerful thing because it's something that I always notice in the US, um, uh, which is, which is, a, which is, I think is a distinct sort of part of culture in the US, which is this, this, this idea that sometimes it's, it's hard for, for people who aren't, you know, from big cities or used to dealing with people from other countries to just, um, yeah, just, 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 I don't want to say accept, but just like take in uh, the difference in sounds and in, 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 in names. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. It's really difficult. <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've been in other parts of the world, say like the UK, for example, where it's for some reason different, the way that people treat, treat your name, like it's different. It's more, it's, I guess it's, they're more used to having names um, that are not English sounding. And I feel like the America, um, uh, it, it was always like a, an event when I had to say my name. And, um, and uh, which is not a problem. I'm not like criticizing the US here. I'm just, I, I just made that connection with Sandra, Senda Berenson having to change her name from a Russian sounding name to a more English sounding name and how when I moved to the US I didn't do that and 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 how does that how does that affect your daily life how does that you know affect the way that you relate to other people um, so so yeah that's why I kind of wrote that I feel it was it was just making that comparison and sort of imagining how she felt about not be, you know, she was seven, I think, when she just changed her last name, <laughs> um, which is something that nowadays sounds so much more radical than, than it used to be. Um, yes. Um, I think it's a fair criticism. I mean, you said you weren't criticizing, but I feel like it's a fair it's a fair statement that that 
uh, this idea of an event, that your name is an event. It's not just your name that you get to say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a discussion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I, so some people are really careful and they really want to pronounce it well and they really want to not offend me. And, and some people are really surprised and they also don't want to offend me, but you know, they were expect, clearly expecting a Jake or a John or, or something like that, um, which, is, which is just the way that, you know, the, the, it's just the way it is. Uh, um, and I don't know, I'm not even saying like, I wish people just, you know, I wish you only took one time, like that's not what I'm saying. Um, but but I always I always noticed how curious I always found it curious because of the the way that the world works um, and how connections are are made with culture and stuff. If you come to the U.S., if you come to Brazil and you say my name is Justin, everybody knows how to pronounce the word Justin because of all of the Justins that we had um, that are internationally well known, um, and so. Uh, it's not really the person in the coffee shop that, you know, the, it's not the fault of the person in the coffee shop. It's not, it's not a moral or personal failure on their part. It's, it's a much more institutional kind of big picture issue. Um, and uh, I don't hold that against anyone personally, <laughs> uh, but, but, but it is interesting, you know, to think about those things and those relationships and how um, names, you know, I think like there is a power in 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 in, in a name. I think mm -hmm. it's an I think it's an important part of who you are, and and uh, and if people can sort of, you know, how much people take your name in versus how much people sort of find it curious or different or strange affects the way that you. Uh, relate to people so I, I you know it all started by making this comparison and wondering with Cinda Berenson you know who changed from Valvoriensky Vol to Berenson when she moved to America um, how 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 was that for her you know like how was how was that relationship um, and, and how the world was a different place at the time and, um, yeah, how, 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 what changed for her when she changed her name, you know? Mm -hmm. See, we have more questions for Senza. <laughs> we still have questions yeah. for her. So many questions. <laughs> so many questions, yeah. As always, I am happy to share that this episode of Dear Adam Silver is brought to you by Bookman's. Bookman's Entertainment Exchange sells used books, records, movies, musical instruments, and more, and is a wonderful community-oriented store where the shelves are stocked with items brought in by the community. If you live in Arizona, support local business by shopping at Bookman's. And in addition to shopping, you can also trade your own used items in at Bookman's for cash or store credit. Bookman's has curbside pickup for books ordered ahead of time and for selling in trades. I was just in Bookman's this past weekend for Independent Bookstore Day, and I bought a book all about birds in Western North America so I can finally figure out which birds are hanging out on my front porch in Tucson. They have so much good stuff at the Midtown branch right now, I really recommend stopping in. Upcoming events at Bookman's include a virtual trivia night hosted by the Flagstaff location, a self-publishing authors panel, and a manga virtual meetup. Please visit www.bookmans.com for more information and details about events and to find your nearest location. And remember, Bookman's has cool covered. Um, I have a question for you, though, because you, as you mentioned, um, I think the biggest sort of identity kind of uh, uh, sort of you know, when you think about yourself and you think about Senda I think the, the, the idea of being Jewish is is sort of one of the main kind of identifiers there for you that kind of link uh, uh, the two of you together as you know and uh, obviously the, 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 the region plays a big role and the, the basketball plays a big role but 
from in this in this in this project, I, f I found that the the, the the Jewish heritage was a was a big part of it, and I think in your um, in the work in general uh, uh, that 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 sort of shines through. I just wanted to kind of ask you, based on the letters and based on your impressions of Senda, like how does that um, figure in your work today, and what how was that connection for you, and how how do you feel like her historical Jewishness might maybe inform your present day U.S. Jewishness. Oh my God. Is that a word? Is that a word? <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be like, but um, how, 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 how does that, do you think there is a connection there? Like in the same way that I was making this connection with the name or with being an immigrant or something, um, do, do, do you think that was a big, how was, how, how was that a big thing for you? Oh, if he was. Um. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that because her family kind of stepped away from their Judaism after arriving here, I mean, I think that's kind of a similar story for many immigrants and even like the Jewish heritage becomes more like cultural rather than religious. And that yes. was kind of the home that Senda was was raised in. I just, I guess I, I, I think that that's something that I can identify with. Um, and I felt like it was just a good starting place. I think that if we had been in Lithuania, it just came up so quickly. This word Litvak right. that I hadn't heard, which is Lithuanian Jewish, Lithuanian Jew, uh, is what it translates as, which is not just about Lithuania, but is about this huge sort of swath of Eastern Europe, um, I believe from... Lithuania into Poland, what is now Poland and down to the Ukraine. Um, I think that that I was just so overwhelmed with like learning that word and that like Senda and I like did sort of, I mean, our families did kind of originate from the same place and we, we are both Litvox. We found that out in like the second day we were there and just this idea of like not really, there's so much to learn that I don't know about. And that the first time we went to Buthermonis, we did go to this place this mass killing site it was actually very we were there on this like beautiful fall sparkling blue sky uh day birds were were singing and we're standing on this place where this whole population Jewish population was wiped out um I, I don't know if I would have uh sought out that information uh on my own or how much we learned about what had happened uh, to Jewish people during the Holocaust there, I it just seemed to continue to come up. And then even one of the last nights we were there and we had our projection show like 15 feet from where the synagogue used to be in Boothronis. You know, it just felt like an important thing on Rosh Hashanah, like during Rosh Hashanah. You know, just it felt like that was like things... I don't know. For for me, it felt uh, like a thing to connect with that kept kind of coming up over and over again, even when we were looking in different directions and even seeing how yeah. during the Soviet era, synagogues were turned into sports halls, you know, just these like connections that were being made that I that made me feel closer to the story. But I, I don't think that uh, if I if I wasn't Jewish, I, I I don't know what would have happened there that would have been differently if neither of us uh, were were Jewish. Right. But I, I think that like that information is still so valuable to have learned, no matter if there's like a some kind of strange tie that I've <laughs> built to her story. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I think. I think. I think it was. I think for the work, regardless of um i mean her her identity as a as as a jewish person was has as far as i understand has been you know a big thing about her personality and her story and who she was and and how people even uh perceive her historically um and 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 definitely going to the to the massacre site in Butrimone's um was a turning point in the work for me because um, I, you know, maybe maybe yeah, I can talk personally 
for a bit, but like I, I had never been in a place like that before. I, I, you know, we all learn about the Holocaust in school, and then to just to just be there and 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 stand there and see it um, was so um, horrifying. And 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 the idea that up to very recently, I think we we might have been a little more. Um, less worried about it because we thought that this was all behind. This was like a horrible pasting, and 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 with the way that things have been going recently, uh, as far as politics and stuff, maybe there is cause for for, for concern. Um, and, and it, it it all felt really real, like it all felt really possible. Um, and 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 for me, that the thing that that was in my head for the most time for the for the most time was the idea that she left, and. Uh, she wasn't there when it happened, and um, we wouldn't have probably wouldn't have her legacy and her story and our and our work if 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 if, if she had stayed. Um, and and so that simple sort of like factoid for me really really informed the the work in a in a in a sort of like a grand in a large historical context. Um, and 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 to to experience that personally was was very intense. It was very um, it was quite something. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I think that we do a really poor job in the United States of acknowledging the atrocities that have taken place on mm-hmm. our own soil, and so there's many more states that have multiple. Holocaust memorials, and there are states that uh, have memorials that honor um, the genocide of indigenous people, or uh, the Middle Passage, or um, atrocities against enslaved people. Uh, So I think there was something, you know, I've sort of even stumbled upon some Holocaust memorials in sort of random places sometimes. Um, and, but there's, <laughs> yeah. there's something that's like very, um, you know, no matter who was killed there, there's something really um, potent about standing in a place where like there was a mass killing. Yeah. And that, that cannot, that sensation cannot be uh, reconstructed elsewhere. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the United States also deflects, uses the Holocaust to deflect, uh, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, of course, I also want to say that the Holocaust is important to remember and to educate yourself about and all of that. I just think that like the attention and focus put on that by the, whereas we're, we're kind of skipping over other things that, that our government and, and, and people here have been responsible for is, is not, is not moving us forward as a yeah. country, um, or, or healing in any way. Yeah. Um, so thank you Glauco for making time to share this. Oh no, thank you for having me again. Uh, it's always a pleasure to, um, talk about it. And, and, and also it's been, it's it's such it's such a good memory I have. It's such a, a lovely time we spent together in Lithuania and making this work was so it was very challenging, it was very difficult, but it was so um, gratifying and um, I'm, I'm immensely proud of us <laughs> if I can <laughs> pat ourselves in the back. Um, but thank you for um, giving me the space to to do the work then and and for talking about it again. And, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, it's always a pleasure. Well, I dream of being back, uh, sometimes literally I want to go back (laughs) so badly and there's so much we didn't see there that's still to be seen and to be sort of brought into the work. And even speaking with you now, it's like, there's just so much from this work that yeah. places to go with this project that maybe have nothing to do with Senda Berenson or Butramonis or anything like that. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Glauco. And thank you. Um, 
We'll talk again soon. Take care of yourself. Stay safe down there for now as much as you can. Thinking of you. um, Sending a big slap in the face to that president of yours. (laughs) And a big hug to you and Louie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. We'll talk soon. Love you. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.